Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum. We're both from Marketing Guys, a MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today, I'm going to have a chat with my colleague, Mark, Mark van Horek, who's also working um, at Marketing Guys, and we're going to talk about best practices for lead nurturing. So I'm going to welcome Mark in a second, but also, Mark, I'd like to know what lead nurturing actually is to have a understanding for the listeners what we're talking about. Hi, Elias. Yes, uh, I think that's a very good question to start with because uh, we have to all be on the on the same level here. So what is lead nurturing? Um, I would consider lead nurturing as being the process where you help and guide a person in understanding what the challenge is, uh, how they can solve that challenge, and ultimately make them see that you are the best possible choice um, to help them reach their goals when the moment is there for them to decide. Um, Quite honestly, personally, I'm not really keen on the term of nurturing. Um, Why not? Because it implies that we are in control of that process and that the lead is a willingly object that is willingly um, to follow our instructions and follow the path that we have plotted out for them. And Elias, I think you will agree with me. Uh, reality is not like that. It's We don't see those cases. It's it's something that, that we do to make things simple, but life is, is not that simple. Absolutely. We as, as marketers are used to drawing those nice customer journeys, uh, make nice visualizations of that, and also imply by actually designing that journey that people are indeed, as you said, willingly following that path through that customer journey. Whereas in these cases, because we're talking about B2B customer journeys that can be anywhere from, let's say, a week or a month to up to two years, people decide when they are ready for the next step. So for us as marketers, it's a task to be there when they need us, right? Yeah. I, while we're talking about this, I've got an image in my mind as an analogy to, um, to, to show what the difference is. We marketeers very often see the whole buyer journey, the whole process. We see that as a, a packet of spaghetti before we use, you know, these very... It's like instant very, spaghetti. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's a bundle of uh, um, of 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 spaghetti that's not been cooked yet. Mm-hmm. But reality is a plate full of spaghetti. It's all these. <laughs> it's not a linear thing. It's really a, a big um, crunkle of spaghetti. That's more reality. So that's uh, and uh, I well, we understand that making things very simple. It's much more. Uh, easy to explain and also to work with, but we really have, we don't, we should not fool ourselves and think that that is also reality. It's merely a simplification so that it's a little bit easier to work with, but don't get yourself fooled. 
and think that that's the process and don't get fooled that you are in control because you're not. But what you can do is be very helpful. Be very helpful by guiding and uh, assisting people in their buyer or customer journey. Okay, and so... I, yeah. So, so based on your experience, and sorry to interrupt you, but you're you're very enthusiastic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can I can feel that, and I know you. So, um, based on your experience, you have made a list of ten tips for best practices, or ten best practices tips for lead nurturing, right? Yes, yes, because. Quite honestly, if you become more educational, more informative, and more proactive with your guidance and assistance, uh, yeah, well, the better the chances that they will consider you as a good fit to do business with. Mm-hmm. And, and and quite honestly, in a world where products and services all look more and more similar, the the best differentiator nowadays and it will become more and more is my opinion is customer experience so you really have to uh pull them along and give them a good experience and uh and the better the experience you provide them the higher the chances is that they will award you with their money time attention and if you're really good maybe even their love and so to get that part to to make uh um a good experience you have to really help them in that part and that's and that's the reason why lead nurturing is important um not everyone on your website is a buyer and not everybody who's downloaded something is a buyer and maybe not even anybody who requested a demo but if you uh, before I go to the 10 uh, 10 tips. I, I really want to, I want to give people like a context to the listeners, what, what I'm talking about, which group we're doing this lead nurturing or w- for which group we're going to do these best practices or top tech tactics or how you want to call it. And it is if, and I want to give it uh, with an example, let's say there are hundred people on your website and about five have this immediate buyer intent. It's the, the word buyer intent is very important for what we're going to talk about a little bit later. So they really want to buy. Give me your stuff. Very clear. Five. Mm-hmm. In general, and this is this is just a grasp. Don't don't get me fixed on on the numbers, but it's just to give you an idea. Let's say that seventy of your hundred people just come to your website and. They don't have any buyer intent whatsoever. They came there either by accident or you've got something that is a free advice or something like that, but they're never going to buy something from you. So that leaves 25 people left. And these 25 people, they show more or less buyer intent or they can have buyer intent or they're open to do a purchase along the road. It's mm-hmm. about these 25 people that we are going to do this lead nurturing. Because if we succeed by being helpful, being uh, um, giving guidance, assistance, etc., to these 25 people, and even if only 10 people will finally have that uh, really buyer intent, so they're, they're, they're 
they ask a, a, a quote or something like that, or they reach out to you, you've gone from five to 15. So how much increase is that, Elias? Well, that's I'm not, I'm not gonna do uh, a calculation <laughs> from my heart, but it's a it's a big increase indeed, it's Mark. Total. So, it's so two hundred percent. It's so a three hundred percent increase from from five to to fifteen um, in this uh, in this example. Um, my question there would be: um, How do we get those ten extra people uh, ready? to purchase. So how do we help them, as you uh, referred to earlier, um, through that customer journey? How do we assist them in their buyer journey? Well, quite honestly, to be as helpful as possible, to be as relevant as possible, and to be there on their customer journey when they need that guidance and assistance. And that's, of course, not really easy of course but hey if it was easy everybody would do it so i've got some time now now let's talk about these 10 tactics okay if you want to do lead nurturing right and and then beware if you do lead nurturing lead nurturing the wrong way so you're being very selfish you're very uh you don't put the customer at the heart of your of your intentions of your business, if you are very spammy, you're not relevant, this can go absolutely the wrong way. This can backfire because this will kill your reputation. So uh, if you, this is just a warning, if you're not going to put your effort in doing the lead nurturing right, oh, better don't do it at all. But if you are willing if you're listening and you say, yes, I want to help my customers and I want, and as a result, I want to get more uh, customers, then listen carefully. These are the 10 top ticks. The first one is really understand who your customer is. And maybe it's like a no-brainer, but quite honestly, how many people really know their customers? How many of marketeers really know who the customer is and this is so essential because if you do not know what the customer is if you do not know what its needs and 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 uh, what kind of problems there are how can you expect that you will make can make a message that uh, resonates with them so um I, Recently, I heard uh, frequently I've been hearing the the, the terminology, uh, the acronym ICP, your ideal customer profile. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that uh, you really have to have that in in, in vision, and uh, and of course you can create personas and all that kind of stuff. But there are personas is like I like everything that we've uh, said before. It's a pers- it's a simplification. But I think it would be a good thing that you really um, talk with your customers. And so talk to your customers and, you know, actually call them, visit them, uh, look at what they are, how their days are, you know, how, what challenges they really have in their daily jobs, et cetera, right? That's what you're referring to, right? Yes, absolutely. 
And and of course, with that knowledge, you can you can simplify that by creating a a, a buyer persona. Yep. But do it based on that kind of information, and not necessarily uh, make it a a a wish list of somebody who is really eager and loves your product because then mm-hmm. you're a little bit fooling yourself you know and once again you're putting yourself up front and not the customer so that's 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 the first one to really start with whilst you're talking with your customer try find out number two and number two is really understand the buyer's journey of your customer so what what do they do and really ask yourself the questions so okay so if you've got this process so you've got this challenge or whatever what what do you do what what's what do you, where do you start are you going to run to google and punch it in uh, or, or are you going to uh, uh turn to your network or your peers or are you going to call people that you know from your i don't know from from some who are you uh, calling for advice, et cetera? You know, that's the stuff we regularly do, of course, but it's something we would really advise marketers to do. You know, talk, when you're talking to get to know your customer, also find out how their buyer journey is. And it's not, it's not like you would want them to, go, to be in a journey. You know, you, it's not like you are defining how they are going through that journey, as we often see in B2B, especially if you're looking in into, let's say, uh, leads that are further, you know, below the funnel or bottom of the funnel. We often see, um, especially in B2B, for example, in software sales, you, we, we define the next step for the customer. And that's not what people like. And that's not how people like to buy. It's not that, you know, first step is a discovery call. Second step is a demo. Third step is a, um, is a, a proposal. Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's people don't like to be pushed into those funnels. It feels like people are dragging you through the funnel when you're a, a potential customer. You know, make yes. it a natural way. And the, the only way to find out that second step is to talk to uh, customers or to prospective customers. Yes, absolutely. Try to find out uh, what moments it is a, a real buyer intent. Because that's the thing. A lot of people will download something in your top of the funnel, and let's say you've got 100 people that are done, but are they all really having some kind of buyer intent? And we've said this often enough in other uh, podcasts, uh, Elias, is the earlier you find in the buyer journey what um, what is really their buyer intent, that's, that's your qualifier. Because all the rest is actually... I don't want to say waste because that's very disrespectful, but they are not the ones that you should focus on. No, nope. really try to find very early in, in in this process. Try to find out who has really got buyer intent. Get those and help those to progress to your 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 sales colleagues, and the rest just give them a good experience. Cool. Give them give them inspiration, whatever, because you never know in a later stage that they have do have that buy intent, and then they will remember you because you gave them a good experience. But if you are stuffing them with spamming, you'll give them a bad rep, and they will absolutely not come to you the next time when they do have that buy intent. So okay, so that's the the buyer's journey part. 
number three, um, use a platform that gives you insights in the people that you interact with. And that is, of course, something like a CRM. Um, but don't focus for this part to give insight that that's only your CRM, your customer relationship management tool. No, uh, we are very fond of the idea of combining platforms, combining your marketing automation with your CRM, because that gives you a full insight from the whole process from the beginning to the end and the and the information flows through the whole process because otherwise you will have like a silo you got very oh we've got marketing inside and we've got sales inside because quite honestly that's my opinion and also alliance opinion if i speaking for you sales and marketing should not be like silos we're all on the same Let's call it the We're revenue, a revenue team. A revenue yeah, the, team. Yeah. I, I would say the revenue crew or the revenue team. We're together. It's all about the revenue. It's all about that because the revenue is going to pay your salary and it's the revenue that will help the company progress and grow and therefore help more people. So combining CRM and your marketing automation platform actually gives you insights into the complete customer journey and all the touch points the customer or prospective customer had. So that's the third tip. Let's move to the fourth one, Mark. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to hear more. Yeah, okay. The fourth one is create content that is relevant and helpful for every stage in the buyer's journey. So this, once again, will force you to think about the customer. What is relevant for him in the early stage of the process and what is relevant at the end? And quite honestly, and... Uh, uh, and I'm not sure if you see it otherwise, but what we see often with customers is that they are very much um, got enough stuff, uh, got enough content for very much in the bottom of the funnel where they have actually uh, know what they want and they just have to decide for you. Yeah, I'm, everything. I'm a, I'm a big fan here of using the old good fashions AIDA model. So attention, interest, desire, action model, because every marketer and on every marketing school, one of the first things is you learn is that uh, model. Um, use that model in your content. You know, um, what Mark refers to is the, that, that last A from uh, action usually has a lot of content. Uh, on uh, referring to that action states on the website. So yes, there is a, uh, a a contact us page. There is a ask for a proposal stage. There is a, a book a demo, etc. That's all the, let's say, bottom of the funnel or action phase. But make sure you also have uh, content for the attention, interest, and desire phases in the buyer journey. So especially that first A, Usually, from awareness for awareness, it usually is a difficult one. We find to convince the C level from at a customer because that's a lot of content that is not about you as a company, that is not about your products. That's content for prospects in their awareness phase. So they are usually not even aware they have a problem. So this is not let's say, the, the phase in which you're talking about your product. This is where you're talking about the industry, where you're talking about um, different 
move, movements, different industry groups. Maybe there are different um, things going on in an industry that you can talk about. But this is the awareness phase. And that's you need content to for prospects to be able to connect with them already in that state. Because if they're not connected to you in that state, they might be connected to, to your comp competitor in that state. Yes, indeed. And that's, um, I think with the awareness stage at the, or the top of the funnel, um, it's, that's the beginning of their journey. If you can be part of their journey in the very early stage, you might be already uh, forging a, a relationship with that contact, with that person. And if you're proactively giving them educational and informational information so that they can progress, and mm -hmm. you're really helping them, why would they change? Why would they leave you for another? A lot of companies just focus at the end. You can see it on the website. They only have, uh, if you've got any more information, uh, reach out for us, contact us. Book a demo. Yeah, book a demo. It's the end. It's only that part. But if you are smart and you've done that and you're in the beginning of that process, they will never go to that competitor's bottom of the funnel thing because you have hooked them in. You you've already connected them. to them. Yeah. If you're not doing this, you're missing out. Because you're just waiting that people will come along with you, but they are not coming along because somebody else has reached out to them and given them the helping hand. Don't do that. You be the one that reaches out to them and gives them the helping hand. Okay, that's number four. Number five, um, that's what we use in, uh, in marketing automation, and that's called lead scoring. And lead scoring is a quantification to... Um, now to mimic the, the buyer journey. It's that's that simple. So everything that's a little bit in the beginning of the journey gets a few points and everything that has a very high buyer intent that gets uh, much more points. And the one that uh, if a contact gathers a lot of points, then that is a signal from, oh gosh, this person uh, is very interested. So now, now we will hand them over to sales. And that's the whole idea of the, the, uh, the let's call it the sales and marketing alignment part with marketing automation and, and CRM. The marketeers really qualify the leads and so that the salespeople can only focus, only have to focus on the real, the real people instead of what if they did a, a cold calling, and they have uh, 100 cold calls, and they only have uh, two people that are interested. Mm -hmm. 98 is 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 failure. But hey, we got these two uh, these two uh, leads, uh, that, and we've booked two appointments. The whole idea of this sales and marketing alignment is that marketing provides you 10 leads, but these 10 leads. You might have like a, a 60, 70, or even 80% conversion because these people are, have been, well, let's say, warmed up in that uh -huh. place. So yep. now, in the lead scoring, what I really want to emphasize is create a lead scoring that really focuses on real buyer intent. It's not really 
useful to have give one point for this and one point for that and and then they're all in the top because everybody in the top of the funnel is not really interesting for the lead scoring point but if someone does a certain activity or uh, does something that is really showing by intent and what that is ask your customers what is that if you identify that and you really and 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 I've heard of I'm not a sales guy but I heard often enough if somebody shows that by intent and you can contact and reach out the helping hand for, to that person in a very short time frame your chances that that becomes a let's say a a deal is much higher than that you would reach out gosh the next day or even a week later Am I correct? You're 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 more in sales, uh, Elias. Yes, so. absolutely. So um, I was I was going to say, you know, to define your lead scoring model, you should talk to your customer, but also talk to your salespeople. You know, they also know when um, what signals are in a broadcasted, so to say, by a uh, suspect or prospect um, that make clear that they are ready to be contacted. Um, of course, you know, sales is always very positive and, and we are focused on getting their deals in as, as salespeople. But um, I would really recommend to involve sales in that lead scoring model uh, design. Yeah, this all boils down to the revenue team idea again. Yeah. It's, it's, you're doing this together. And, and lead, lead scoring is a great tool to start with that working together part okay number six is use personalization we've had talked about this in various podcasts and uh, i'll say it here once again personalization is not just uh um dear mark or dear elias uh, uh <laughs> that you're using the first name or something like that. personalization is really all about relevancy personalization is uh and and by getting all this information on on a, on a contact, knowing in what kind of branch it works and, and what the pain points are, you can personalize your message. You can personalize the content to what they want, what they need. That's what personalization is all about. And that's quite difficult. So you really need tools like marketing automation to do that. And if you combine your marketing automation with CRM, guess what, where the most personalization information is? Yes, it's in your customer relation market, uh, management database. By combining that, you can be much more personalized. And personalized means more relevant. And guess what? That's what we love. That's why Netflix has become such a big thing. If you yep. watch the movie, you get these recommendations. That's all about personalization. Amazon, same, yeah, the we, same we, way. We talked about that during one of the um, uh, other podcasts in this series with uh, Stephen van Belleghem, um, the one on customer experience. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to that episode yet, you know, go ahead and listen to that because that's a lot on personalization, how Amazon and Netflix are using that in their customer journeys, et cetera. But, um, you know, that's that's a very um, important aspect of, of lead nurturing as well. Personalization, go ahead and, and, you know, not only naming people, but really personalizing your content in the lead nurturing process. So what's your next tip, Mark? 
Number seven is use marketing automation. Yes, we already talked about that, but I will add in a human-friendly way. And why am I saying that? Marketing automation is great. Uh, of course, we uh, disclaimer, we are the marketing automation guys, to put it that way. Um, but with automation, you can make your marketing very personal and very human-like. On the other hand, if you put too much emphasis on automation, you can become a messy spam machine. So it's very important that, yes, you can use marketing automation to send all kinds of different messages to the right person at the right time, but you still have to make it like that it's from a human and not that it's like a, a pushy, uh, uh, a very company-centric way of using the marketing automation. So my tip is use the marketing automation, but do it, please do it in a human-friendly way. Do it in a way that where you put the customer as the central point that you make use of all the information because why would you gather all that information if you're not using it? And yes, it makes it a little bit more complicated. And uh, well, we always warn upfront to our customers, marketing automation is not meant to make you lazy. It's not that you put things in, in a template and then push the button and then voila, technology takes over. No, it helps you to, to, to guide yourself as good as possible through the very complex buyer journey world. And, uh, and the emphasis, to put it in a human-friendly way, is do your messaging in a human way. Uh, try not to be as, as commercial. Try to be as if helpful. you are uh, like, yeah, yeah, helpful as a friend, as uh, as. And I know we're we're in B two B, but gosh, B two B doesn't say that you have to be like an an loud. Uh, uh, how do you say it nicely? And and not a friendly or to be like a robot or something like that. No, it's it's B two B is is it's all about humans. The person on the other side is a human being. People buy buy from people, right? Even within B two B, and you know, I would like to add to that. You know, um, within B2B, you even have more people than in the B2C cycle. The co- typical customer, let's say the, the, the buying cycle at a customer is, is about seven people within B2B. So you ha- you're talking to seven people and they all have their opinions, feelings, etc. So try not to be mechanical or automated. Make sure you're human and use mar- a marketing automation platform as a way to, to interact more personal and more human. Yes, absolutely. Okay, number eight. I've got uh, number eight. I've got diversify your lead nurturing. And what do I mean with that? Um, if you use marketing automation, it's all about email. But nowadays, it's not all just about email. So how do you? Um, so you should expand your view. Think a little bit more out of the box, out of, of in in another way. More channels? Uh, Are you saying, let's say, use more channels? Yes, like like social media, uh, um, use video. Um, you know, there, there are always... Um, we had 
a discussion recently, and we were talking about and you you no you had a you were on a Scott Ingram's uh, um, uh, podcast and you gave a tip about uh, how to use tip. yeah it's the daily sales tips uh, a podcast by Scott Ingram yeah yeah and that was really much from sales and using video but making video there are multiple ways that you can use that also for your lead nurturing process. What I just want to do with this tip is don't think in the, in every it's time. It's not email only. Talk. Yes, but absolutely. Another, another one that I'd like to add there is you, you, you're talking about video. Another one that might not um, be top of mind with a lot of B2B marketers is using SMS or text. Um, I was speaking to uh, a B2B a leasing company actually last week and they had the problem that these lead nurturing emails are never read by their audience because it's people that that work um are, are let's say painters or they're in in construction so they're working with their hands every day and they're not reading those emails so what about you know sending a text or a, an sms so to say to create some awareness instead of an email. Uh, shoot a video, uh, a personalized video. Uh, maybe even uh, what we've seen works, what works very well is send physical mails. So if you're doing yes. a webinar, you know, send out uh, a week before, you send out something by snail mail, so a traditional mail, and uh, make that personalized uh, and, and send them something that no one else does. You know, that's just to make sure that you're top of mind with that prospect. It's, it is that we don't have a video podcast here, Elias. Otherwise, Elias, otherwise you would have seen me nodding the whole time because yep. that's absolutely the case. Why, you know, snail mail's not dead. The whole thing here is, whole point eight is be creative. Another be one that, creative. especially that about that, that's a, let's say sending something through snail mail. We had I had another interview with uh, David Wax on one of the podcasts. I, I think in December, um, it's with um, uh, David Wax. He's the CEO at Handwritten, and they have a automated process to send handwritten notes to customers, prospects, etc. And you just hook that into your salesforce.com or your HubSpot instance, and you can send them something handwritten. And it actually is handwritten. So it's not like uh, printed or something. It's actually using pens to make something uh, handwritten. Those pens are held by robots, by the way, but it's a handwritten uh, 120 uh, different handwriting styles way of sending something handwritten to prospects. And people will like it. Yes, absolutely. That. It, it's it's all just being being creative and going to point one really understand who your customer is if you had a talk and then and and in this conversation and and that person and you would see that he had a a a, a, a greetings card on his desk or something like that then you'll know see that is something that people would like to have because everything is now a mail and now suddenly you get something in a physical thing. I, I really dig that idea of sending something handwritten. Even if it's done by bots, I wouldn't care. I, I don't know that. The whole idea is I've got something that really shows interest in me. Cool, cool. So Mark, we're almost at the final tip. So um, go ahead and uh, share yep. those last two tips with us. 
Yeah, okay. And number nine is something we already have discussed before. Um, and that is really to involve sales in the process with higher buyer intent leads. And what do I mean with that? Um, if very often, if, if you make things schematic and so, and then you say, okay, we've got this part, this is marketing, and then the, uh, the other half, that's sales. It is like it's like two different worlds. And there's just one one moment that there's an interaction that is we hand over the leads that we think at the MQLs and we hand them over to sales. And I think, and I can see that marketing guys is really good, uh, but we're not that a big company, but marketing and sales are very much aligned. The salespeople know marketing and our marketing people, well, they're not really salespeople, but they get it, you know, and, and we're working together. So we're really a revenue team. But what, what I really want to implore listeners is to get sales much more involved, not just for the lead scoring part, not just for the handover of, of, uh, of leads, but what now if in that, in that nurturing process, there are very high intent actions being done, activities being done by a contact, and he's downloaded something. We could send a message to sales and saying, hey, this person has downloaded this, uh, this white paper or ebook, but this is really high buy into this. We're not talking the top of the funnel uh, stuff for it a little bit more. Why don't you either reach out or contact him or send him an email from your name and giving him some suggestions of what he could read next? or what he should read. Instead of that, it's like a marketing thing. No, introduce yourself as the, not necessarily as the salesperson. It's not really doing fun. Hey, do you want to have an appointment now? No, but you're reaching out and you can do it from your name so that from that moment on, and if he reacts to it and says great to it, then that salesperson can take over this process. So what I'm, I'm trying to say here is think creatively, not that it's a linear process and that sales has one part of the equation and marketing among other things, but really blend it. So that's uh, uh, number nine. And number 10 is a little bit later on. It's more like in the advertising part. Um, and maybe you can elaborate more on that point. I, I just wanted to give it as, as, a, as a final, is remarketing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, remarketing, especially within... B2B is very important. I can't stress that enough. And I'm talking to, you know, B2B business owners, CMOs, et cetera, on a daily basis. And a lot of B2B marketers think remarketing or retargeting is something for B2C. We all know those ads, right? If you looked at a travel website or, you know, uh, when, uh, when you're looking at uh, Amazon or um, uh, Zalando or whatsoever, uh, when you're looking clothing, you, you are getting all those remarketing, retargeting ads in your display, uh, on news websites, on your social media, etc. Um, you know, retargeting, remarketing is even more important within B2B because the sales cycle is way longer. It works a little different because the sales cycle is longer, you can do a longer retargeting. And it's not as obvious as 
uh, using it within B2C. If you're doing B2C, someone has an abandoned cart, you know, you, you, you're going to show them a, an ad saying, you know, we have a coupon for you, X percent discount, or don't forget to get your shoes, et cetera. Within B2B, you're just thinking about your next step in the process. So if someone was on your website and the next step in the process is downloading a white paper or giving some more cases on something, put that in your retargeting ads. If someone, uh, and, and this comes back to the to the point that we made earlier, business people, even within B2B, buy from people. So if you're targeting them, retargeting them, you can do that on social, in display, on Google ads, et cetera. There's all kinds of programmatic ways of, of doing it, but I can't stress it enough. Retargeting for B2B is even more important than it is in B2C. Did that answer your question, Mark? Did I did I give your yes, <laughs> absolutely? And I would like to add to this once again, and this is all the tips here. Huh? Be human, be helpful, be relevant, and also be creative. Because quite honestly, I've seen remarketing uh, uh, done the wrong way. I've just bought something, and then I'm getting all these ads of for the product that I just bought. Don't yep. do something like that. But really. When you understand what your customer is and you got this buyer journey, there's different ways. So if you know what a, a good next step is and you know that this person has downloaded something, he went to your website, did this, do indeed the next step, uh, uh, do ads, remarketing those ads, uh, but with the next step in Always mind. Always the next step in the customer journey. Keep that in mind too in your remarketing. Yep. Yes, well, those were my 10 tips. So I hope that the listeners uh, got some inspiration and some insights from that. And um, Absolutely, and Mark. And, you know, thank you very much for sharing those. Um, we're not going to put all those tips in the, in, the, in the show notes, but you are in the middle of writing a blog on this. So keep us, Absolutely. Yep. you know, keep, look at marketingguys.com on the, on the blog section um, somewhere probably uh, February, March of this year, a, a, a blog by Mark with those 10 tips uh, will pop up. Um, subscribe to our newsletter uh, and you'll, you'll be informed automatically. But thank you very much, Mark, for sharing those 10 tips. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.